The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of NBA Today. I'm yours, Corbin Ford. I'm joined, as always, well, just starting here, Harris. Um, you know what? I already buried the lead. Well, how you doing, man? Great. Great to be here with you, Corbin, again on an exciting day of sports. <laughs> yep, man, I'm telling you, right. Between football, basketball, the last day of the WNBA season, we had a lot going on, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on the NBA portion of it. You know, there's a bunch between our, our sports betting podcast and a lot of other stuff. Hoopball does. You can definitely catch a lot more of that. But before we even get started, I do gotta let you know two big partnerships we have going on. One with my bookie, which is just great home run slam dunk triple overtime game winner. They got it all. Um, not only just basketball though, they got baseball, uh, football, hockey, all this stuff. Uh, they're accepting future bets on all that and online as well. Join today, my bookie match deposit 100. percent Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. I always say it's a HOOPBALL presentation when signing up. Again, in my bookie, HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all together. They'll match your deposit 100% and toss you that free $10 MLB future wager so you can test out your uh, baseball luck there. At my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Also got one more with you, and that is Manscaped, the lawnmower 3.0. I don't really have a funny story about that, more tragedy. And you know what? I like to keep it uplifting here on uh, NBA Today, so I'm not going to share any sad stories. But they got the lawnmower 3.0 that comes with a cutting-edge ceramic blade. You got a 7,000 RPM motor. You got that quiet stroke technology, LED light, and you have a great charging stand to come with it. And you can even use it in the shower. So it's versatile. It'll help you out. It would have saved me, uh, like I said, a ton of sad stories. But you can get your hands on one relatively simply. 20% off plus free shipping with code HOOPBALL20, just like last time, HOOPBALL all together, 2-0. HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. So remember our two partnerships there. We have MyBookie and Manscaped. Definitely make sure to support us by supporting them and taking great uh, use of those promotions. And with that, let's just get right to the big story. Well, there will be a Game 7. The Nuggets shocked the Clippers again. 111.98. That's crazy, man. Nicole Jokic with a monster game, 34 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, and the Nuggets come back from 19-point deficit. And I'm not going to lie to you, Will. I was watching up to halftime, and I went, this game's over. And I turned it off for a second and, like, nodded off for a nap, woke back up, and they were up four, and I was like, wait, well, what? I, the exact same thing happened to me. I, I said, <laughs> okay, you know, it's over. They're, they're down 19. And it, I mean, it's the last game. Come on, Clippers, wrap this up. No. they. I mean, the, the Denver is just doing an amazing job, staying resilient. You know, 90% of the teams in the NBA would have just gave up. Uh, but Denver oh, yeah. is showing you how tough and resilient they are. They really are showing the development that they've done personally, too, because they've made strides year over year. You know, they had a cup, two Game 7s last year. This year, they're on their second Game 7. They've shown that they are resilient, that they will keep fighting. And against a Clippers team that, you know, you could, like you said, a, a hit in the mouth like that by a team as talented as they are, and you like, all right, one, two, three, Denver. You know what I mean? Forget Cancun. But yeah. they, they routed, they came back, they hit a lot of threes in that, in that second half to really push them into the lead of and from Denver, or you could go with Clippers. That do you that you think added to their win? Because I have two things, real quick. One, 
just the total ineffectiveness of uh, Pat Beverly. I think Russell Westbrook wasn't kidding when he said that we were all being tricked <laughs> by Pat Beverly's defense. The dude fouls like nobody's business. And if you can foul like that, then yes, you can play effective defense because you are stopping the person from scoring by any means necessary. But eventually, when those whistles get called and you off the floor, who are you defending from the bench? Right, right. And yeah, then, what was your question? Did, did you ask a question because you cut out for one second? Oh, my fault. Yeah, I did. No, I was saying from either side, what did you see either from – the Nuggets side or the Clippers side that led to this Nuggets win? I just think the Clippers are just too complacent. I mean, they've shown that all year. It's just been like they know they're the best team and it's going to come when it comes. And they're just not putting that foot on the gas like they should. I mean, you wouldn't expect that from a team led by Kawhi Leonard. But mainly the big difference, I believe, is also uh, during the regular season, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell... We're averaging around 18 points a game. You know, big factors in the game. Each of them could have been the sixth man of the year. Montrezl won it. And, uh, like, this game, for instance, Lou Williams had 14. Only played 24 minutes, though. And Montrezl Harrell only had five points in 15 minutes. Like, you're changing your whole identity. I don't even think this team really knows their identity because most of the year they didn't play together. I know Montrezl had a rough, you know, you know, break from the bubble and come back into the bubble. But, I mean, he's healthy as far as I know. He should be getting those minutes. And, I mean, because they're having uh, Zubak play 30 minutes and he only getting two points. So, yeah. he's going to be, you know, I mean, you want the length to, to guard Jokic. But, clearly, Jokic had 34 points. So, that's not working. So, you might as well play your best guys. Well, and that's, and that's kind of the thing, too. You have, on the one hand, um, you have Zubac, who you know, while giving you something defensively isn't really a factor on the offensive end. And you have another guy in Harrell who can bring you a whole new, you know, element on the offensive end, but gives just as much off the court on the defensive end, just not being able to show up on the huge defenders. You know what I mean? Not being able to, you know, contain pick and roll coverage. Somehow he seems to be too slow in some instances, you know, not able to kind of stick with it the entire time. It, it's been it's been rough for him. And, you know, yeah. going into this game, Lou Will was shooting 9% from three. I'll repeat that Ooh. one more time. 9%. Yeah, it was something awful. Like, I, like two wow. for 27, two for 25, four, four for 27, or two for 25. Something crazy. But, and these shots that he were missing weren't even of the, oh, tough contested shots. He was relatively open. He just couldn't make them. So you have that on the one hand, and Harrell, who was a minus 20, you know, giving up all sorts of, of defensive miscues against a, a, a player like Jokic, who is the kryptonite for both yeah. for both bigs. You know, he's too skilled for either guy, but yeah. definitely too big for Harrell. Definitely just too smooth and polished for for um, Zubac, and he's been a huge factor in this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if nothing's going to work, I mean, it's not like the Clippers to panic. But, I mean, if nothing else is working, play Joakim Noah. Because, I mean, at least you know he's going to give it his all on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other two guys aren't working. You got to do something. I mean, that's true. That's true. Because aside from, I mean, we just talked about the, the, the big, I mean, the big guys for the Clippers have been and they are. It's been great that Paul George has really kind of bounced back in a major way. Even mm-hmm. though he did miss a bunch of mid-range jumpers down the stretch that were going in the first half. He had 33 points to lead the Clippers, but he finished 9-21 of from the field. Um, Digging the free throw line was very aggressive, knocked down all 11 of his attempts there. 
Uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, just an efficient game for him, 25 points, eight rebounds, five assists. But after that, you know, Marcus Morris, five points on one of five shooting in just under 30 minutes. You already mentioned Zubac, two points on one of six shooting. Pat Bev, horrible salad, 17 minutes, four assists, two points, fouled out. That's it. You know, Landry Shaman over three. And then you're right, aside from Lou Williams or Jermichael Green off the bench, you really weren't getting anything from these Clippers. And you're right, they, did, they, they didn't try, or they could try Joe Kim Noah, but they didn't even go to Patrick Patterson. As someone who at least was in the rotation for part of the year, it's like they're going to go with these guys. And I get Doc shortening his rotation and kind of sticking with the guys that are his main factors. But right now, the Nuggets are just better than them. And you have, you had five guys in Denver who were in double digits, three in the starting lineup, you know, two off the bench in Michael Porter and Monte Morris. But Jokic controlled everything. His jump shot's been great. His floater's been amazing. 13 and 22 from the field, four or six from three. You know, just fire from there. Gary Harris has refound his shooting stroke. He had a, a cool, efficient 16. Jamal Murray played within himself, even with some two kind of half-scary-looking injuries to his legs early into the into the half. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was a well-balanced attack. But, I, I mean, for game seven, let's kind of, you know, go that way because that's kind of where they're going anyway. Looking at this, who wins game seven and, and why is it Denver? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question, but I mean, it has to be the Clippers, right? It, I mean, it has to, right? I, that's what I want to say. That's what I want to say. I like, think that they be, think, uh-huh. No, say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. It's just going to be must-see TV. I mean, every NBA fan should be glued to their TVs when this comes on because we have no idea what team is going to show up from the Clippers. Same for the Nuggets, actually. So, I mean, and apparently, I guess we can say Michael Porter Jr. was right after all. What do you think about that? Uh, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I'm not going to lie on Twitter. I was like, uh, what did he say wrong? Now, I get what he said wrong was the fact that he said it and also that he said it to the media. But he was definitely right. And the minute that he said it, you know, the big guys are going to do what they're going to do. They just are. You know, you're going to have Nikola Jokic. He's a key to victory no matter what. That it is what it is. And then you're also going to have, you know, Jamal Murray, who has been stepping up so much in this in this playoff, in this postseason for Denver. So those two have to be big for you. But you can't count out. You had a big third quarter this series from, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name now, um, um, Paul Millsap. You had a, a big shot and, and some big quarters from um, Michael Porter Jr. These guys stepping up. Monte Moore is hitting some shots here and there. Other guys are contributing, you know, um, making changes in the starting line and bringing Jeremy Grant in. And, you know, while Jeremy Grant still doesn't have a floor to speak of, he's someone who can at least knock down a shot and finish relatively well around the basket while giving some pretty decent defenses, at least as decent as you can get on Kawhi Leonard or Paul George if he's on him. So, you're getting a more of a balanced effort, and you're right. It took the great, you know, rookie wisdom of of of, uh, of um Michael Porter Jr. to share that, but that's what they got. And and this is my thing. I, I'm with you. Uh, you would think that the Clippers have to get this. Paul George said after the game, they're still in the driver's seat. I I don't think so. I think they're both sharing that seat right now. It's a game. It's a win or go home. Like if you're in the driver's seat, you were up. You know, two games, three, two, one game to one, two games to one. You have three games to one. Then it was three games to two. Now it's three games to two. Somewhere in that, like, shift in games one and loss, you lost the driver's seat, Paul. Like, that's how I look at that. But I still think, you know, obviously the Clippers have the most talent on on paper, you know, lining up. And you have guys like Kawhi Leonard who, if nothing else, will show up. But, you know, Paul George has been erratic pretty much most of the series. He could have a dud of a game. 
Uh, I don't see Montrezl Harrell turning into Bill Russell on the defensive end anytime soon. I, I don't see Lou Williams turning into, you know, Drew Holiday on that end either. So you still need guys to step up who haven't. You still need guys like Pat Bev to play within himself, contribute anything on the offensive end, and also be an asset on the defensive end and not just be someone who's hacking and fouling. So I'm with you in, in that you kind of think that the Clippers have to, but the Nuggets have the confidence right now. The Nuggets have won two games in a row. They found a strategy that seems to be working. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that is just hitting a lot of threes in, in, in late quarters, but they're doing it. <laughs> they came back from a, a big deficit in game five. They came back from the bigger deficit in game six. So it's like you could throw a lot at them, and they're not right. just going to roll over because they've had this happen already. And if you look at the postseason already, they did this exact same thing against Utah last series. So th- th- they built for this. They built for this. Definitely. I think, you know, um, Gary Harris coming back, you know, he was out for a little while and they slowly worked him back in. I, it just seems like the team is more comfortable with him in the lineup. Uh, you know, I would love to see Michael Porter play 35, 40 minutes. But, but, you know, Mike Malone, he clearly has everything under control. He's doing an amazing job, I think. No, I totally agree with you. And this win or lose, this Denver team has impressed. They've shown that yeah. they definitely belong. You know, they've shown that, again, just like last year, that they have some positive momentum moving forward. But winning this game, I kind of want to take a hot take and go Denver. I mean, not only because I I want them to win because my Lakers are waiting, but just because the Clippers, I just don't think the Clippers deserve it at this point. They always thought they were better than they were, and now, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff hit the fan. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. They may do just that, blow out Denver. They may beat them in a tight one, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Denver. I'm I'm going to spice things up. Well, you know me. Uh, right, right. But, I mean, you're right. You're exactly right. Denver, uh, the Clippers do not deserve it. So, I mean, I think most of the fans are going to be rooting for Denver. You know, I feel bad for Kawhi if he loses, but, you know, you should have stayed in Toronto. Hey, what can <laughs> I say? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It'd be, and I saw this on Twitter a little bit, but it will be so funny to have, um, you know, Kyle Lowry bow in the second round on one end um, Kawhi Leonard bow out in the second round, the other end, and together yeah. those two are the defending champs. And how just just how ironic that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. you know that that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, we'll all be waiting, you know, with bated breath for that. Like you said, must see TV, and so we'll have to see kind of where they go from here. But um, yeah, we know that the Western Conference Finals now will definitely start on Friday, and there'll be games every other day until someone else wins the series, just like. Just like before, um, and we'll have to see kind of how that works out. But it is going to definitely be exciting, um, and I, I'm personally just—I don't know. Like, like you said, the, the bubble has had some some very fun basketball. You've had a couple of tight seven games, and you know what? Come Tuesday, we have Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals and Game Seven of the Western Conference Semifinals. Uh, you know, bring it. That's all I'm saying. Bring it. Right, and you know. Uh, Speaking as for the next series, if Denver were to win, mm-hmm. uh, well, no, if the Clippers were to win, sorry, uh, I would be concerned now. Uh, originally, I had no doubt about the Clippers advancing to the finals. I have a lot of concerns now with the, the fact that they can't control Jokic. So when they get up against the Lakers, Anthony Davis, as long as he's playing at his A game, that's going to be a huge, uh, you know, advantage for the Lakers that I didn't see coming because the Clippers were so good on the defensive end. So now I think you guys will be in the driver's seat. Really, if the Nuggets or the Clippers win, I think the Lakers are in great shape. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, yeah, it just just to have a great series like that is going to be exciting, you know? 
Um, and, right. and you know, if it happens, we're definitely going to be breaking it down. If it doesn't, I will be happy, just, just, just indescribably elated, talk about how Denver cannot match up with um, with um, the <laughs> Lakers. But if so, you're going to have a very tight Western Conference Finals, one that we've expected all year, and to have them on one end and Boston versus Miami on the other, you really can't ask for anything better. So that'll be interesting to look forward to. But let's keep this yeah. one right on moving to some news up in uh up in houston uh i want to say trouble you know i said houston we have a problem because some corny like that but mike d'antoni <laughs> four years with houston he has informed the rockets that he will not return he's going to be a free agent he expressed him and his wife laurel that they had a lot of fun in houston and that you know all the good things about being a family and thanking Tillman Fertitta and daryl moray and all that good stuff and you know what they learned you know the general hey we really enjoyed our stay Control my own destiny. I'll see y'all later. How will you look back on the D'Antoni Rockets? I mean, I look at it as typical D'Antoni. You know, everywhere he goes, it's a lot of fun. They're always winning. But in the end, they don't win the the grand prize, you know. Like with this Phoenix team, uh, you know, it's it's he's one of the most exciting coaches, but he doesn't normally care about defense. This Rockets team was a little better on defense. But, you know, I loved his uh, – you know, he, he went for it this year. You know, he's like, I don't see us winning with Clint Capella. Let's just change it up, do something no one's ever done. And so, I mean, I, I loved his, uh, no matter what he did, it worked, but it just never got him over the top. And it's not really his fault because every time they lost, it was to a better team. And, you know, James Harden had his major collapses in the playoffs. So you can't really blame D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Uh it's, it, he's just fun. You just you know what you're going to get with him. Fun, run and gun, but in the end, you're probably not going to win the championship. That's true. And and statistically, this was his best over his four seasons in Houston, which was his longest stay aside from his five seasons in Phoenix. He finished with a 68% winning percentage. That's pretty, you know, pretty, pretty darn good. Uh, 217 wins, 101 losses over his four seasons. Um, The next best, of course, was in Phoenix where he finished with 253 wins and 136 losses, good for 65% in total. So so real good for, for D'Antoni in that regard. Um, aside from that, you know, each year the Rockets have kind of slipped a little bit. Uh, you know, they started that first year that he came at the helm, 55 and 27. Then they peaked at 65 and 17. Then they went to 53 and 29. And then they were at 44 and 28, you know, through these 72 games. So maybe saw the writing on the wall. Maybe they won't be part of the politics anymore, you know, concerning Moray and for and, and for and for Tida and everything going on there. You know, the rough fit with with Harden and Westbrook and how to manage that. You know, there's a lot going on. And so there's some good prime opportunities out there. You know, you have Chicago, you have New Orleans, you have Philadelphia. There's a lot of places that D'Antoni could find himself. Where well would you like to see D'Antoni pop up? Because he has no intention of stop coaching or has no intention of retiring, even being at 69, and obviously he can still do it with a talent on hand. So where do you see him um, showing up, Will? Ah, that's a tough question. Uh, I would love to see him. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of chatter about him going to Philadelphia. I don't know how that would work with uh, Joel Embiid. You right. know, he's not great with the big with the big slow guy. Um, I don't know if they're willing to change their whole team and uh, trade Embiid, but um. I think, believe it or not, Chicago would be great and a lot of fun to see him with, you know, the young guns and Kobe White, uh, Zach Levine, uh, you know, those guys running up and down the court. Uh, uh, Like I said, it'll be fun. They probably won't win much unless they do some trades or whatever. But Chicago, I don't don't think any higher they 
they uh, select will help them win soon, unless it's Mike D'Antoni. And and even if they don't win, it'll be fun. What do you think? You know what? I, I like that. I like. I mean, I'm with. I'm heavy on the New Orleans train myself. So I'm I'm with you. I think that you're right. Having a big slow guy. Um, you saw how that worked out in Phoenix with um Shaq when he left. We saw how that worked out in um New York. Well, New York and Tyson Chandler was different, but in LA with Paul Gasol and Dwight Howard, you know, the the, the bigs, uh, the less bigs, the better for D'Antoni. And you're right, it'll be right. a clunky fit, but. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, again, I like, you know, the, you have a David Griffin type of tree. You already had Alvin Gentry. Now you bring in the guy who really started, you know, you have the Phoenix train moving on in New Orleans, and you really do a run-and-gun style with someone like D'Antoni that can revitalize them in a way that even Gentry wasn't able to, you know, get Zon to half-court game. I mean, the full in the full-court game, the running game, up and down with Lonzo Ball, Frank Jackson, you know, um, J.J. Redick coming off of screens, Brandon Ingram doing his thing. I really think that would be fun for them. I, you just have to understand, or, or I guess we'd have to know where D'Antoni is in terms of what he's trying to go to. Is he trying to be like Billy Donovan and, and go to a team that's ready to win now? In which case, I guess Philadelphia would be one of your better bets, you know? Um, right. Is he trying to go to a team where he thinks, hey, I just want a lot of control and I can build with this team? You know, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes there, but... Yeah, I, I think either of those are good. Um, we have to remain to see what he does. But looking even back from D'Antoni and the Rockets to just the Rockets, who do you see as the next Rockets coach? There's already been a lot of talk off the bat for Sam Cassell. I heard a lot okay. for uh, – uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Stan Van Gundy, but um, – Jeff oh Van Gundy. Gosh. Jeff Van Gundy. My, <laughs> my brain and NBA names are just blown up today, man. But, yeah, aside from that, uh, maybe Mark Jackson. You have other guys who are definitely going to get their obligatory – this guy's interested in this job, or whatever the case may be. Right. Who do you see early, as we know, as the next Rockets coach? Well, yeah, like you mentioned, Sam Cassell, I've been hearing about that. Um, I think that would be great to see what he would do. And, you know, he had a great career in Houston. Uh, but other than that, you know, we we saw earlier in the bubble, we saw uh, Nick Nurse gave Adrian Griffin uh, a shot with the Raptors to coach a game because he's been so impressive to Nick Nurse. And uh, he's put in the work. And, I, and he thinks he deserves a great coaching job. And I think that would be fun, you know. But it's, it's, um, it really depends on the team because the, the team's going to have to change without D'Antoni, I think. So, I mean, really anyone can coach it, but it, it just depends on James Harden, really. Yeah, and where he decides to kind of – I mean, that's I guess that's the next question. Will Houston blow it up? You have guys – you have – between Harden and Westbrook, you were tied up with a lot of money over the next two years. Something like two hundred and seven million. It's insane. Yeah. Then you have um, Eric Gordon, who you gave that big extension to for uh, reasons I don't know. As he gave one of the worst <laughs> performances we've seen in a hot minute. PJ Tucker's there around, but he was looking for an extension. That's probably not happening. Austin Rivers is a player option. That was just for two million. So more than likely, he gone. Like. What do you see with Houston? Do you think that they would blow it up? Keeping Daryl Morey, are they keeping him under the obligation that, hey, we're going to continue to grind at this, or, hey, we're going to move on? Because you heard um, you heard James Harden say they need one more piece. One, I mean, no one even knows how feasible that even is. But right. two, you know, with that or not being the case, would, do you think Morey or, or, or Tillman would go, you know what, nah, we're just going to scrap this from the jump? Knowing Morey like we do, <laughs> he's not going to stay stagnant. He's going to be trying his hardest. Whether he can get it done or not, he's going to be trying his hardest to change this team because, I mean, I, 
if he's seeing what we're seeing, it's clear that this <laughs> team is not going to win the championship. I mean, especially we got Golden State coming back next year. A lot more talent coming in the league next year. Um, so they only should it, – it should only be harder for them next year. And I don't I, – the system needs to change. Harden, Harden is right. He needs another piece, but he shouldn't need another piece. He just needs the right piece, yeah. I guess. I guess you're right. That maybe a guy at the three position. They've been trying to chase that for years. Right. Someone at the three position who can kind of come through and you know be a, a good adaptable switchable guy who maybe has some star potential or at least really elite offensive you know off the bounce potential. So well to see. I don't even know where that player is or how they would acquire them. But Maury's right. done crazier things over the last couple of years that you know I know I definitely didn't think they would do. You know. Hey Corbin, I got a I got a Richard De- Jefferson take for you right here. Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> James Harden is not a Michael Jordan. He's a Scottie Pippen. He can't be <laughs> the best player on his team to win a championship. What do you think about that? Wow, <laughs> wow. You know what's funny though? You say that, and I, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you. I mean, it's almost like a, he you're saying about Harden what I thought about Westbrook, which is that if either of those guys are the best players on your team, you're not going where you think you're going, you know? Right. And, oh, sugar. Um, what was I thinking? So then you have a situation like there where I, I just – you have a situation there where Harden has a lot of – attention on him defensively, you know, but then he seems to kind of shy away from Westbrook. Well, he will go against all comers, but he's not equipped, especially at this stage of his career and with the shot gone by the wayside to do that. And so I think you're right. But the problem is they're still, they're still a couple of years away from being at that, like Vince Carter stage. Like I remember Vince Carter in 2011, I think. Yeah. With the Suns, was like the last year that he was looked upon as like a star or a semi-star or, you know, just someone, a top 30 player somewhere in that vicinity. You know what I mean? And after that year, you know, he played so uh, that it really showed, okay, you know, he's, uh, he's in his role player status. Like that's where he's going to be. And right after that, he went to Dallas, he was the sixth man. And that's kind of where he's been, you know, through the rest of his career. Um, I feel Russell Westbrook will kind of go that route more that way and also uh, more of like a, a Jason Kidd area if he can improve his jump shot. But that salary, they're paying him like a star. Now, James Harden can still perform like a star in the regular season and in some parts of the playoffs. And I don't think his ego will allow him to think that he's not going to be able to be the best player on the team. That's kind of why he left OKC in the first place. And, you know, while he did show that he could do a lot, he also didn't show that he's that guy, you know? Um yeah. But I'm with you. I, as crazy as that is, and I was clowning that Richard Jefferson take a couple days ago on NBA Today. <laughs> I was. But I can't right now because you're right. It's like having two second bananas masquerading as an A and a B. But they both Bs. You know, yeah. and, uh, and unfortunately, like, that kind of is what it is. And you don't have anything, you know, better than that going on right now. And so, yeah, that that's unfortunate. But you know what? That's the truth. I Here's my, I guess question right back to you how do you see houston mitigating that do you think that houston believes that as well do you think that they know but they can't do anything do you think that they know and they're looking to trade him like what do you think about the situation from houston's perspective um with a player like you said who who you know i think it might be kind of catching around that hey he's a great player but if he's your best player it's not great for you 
I don't think Houston knows that. I think they're still drinking the James Harden Kool-Aid. They're so happy to have him there, happy to have that star. Because he has been so great for the organization. You know, if he wouldn't have went there, they could have been in purgatory for a long time. So I think they still feel like they owe him whatever he wants. And that's how he's treated, and that's how he acts like it is also. You know, he acts like it's his team. He's like, okay, Chris Paul's yelling at me. I don't want him here anymore. Bring me Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know, so so I think they're still catered to him or whatever he wants, but you know, we know what it is. <laughs> I think it's gonna be interesting. Okay, here real quick. Do you see hot take alert? We're just gonna make it happen. Do you see Houston right. moving either one of James Harden or Russell Westbrook this offseason? Definitely not Harden. If they can move Westbrook, they will move Westbrook. Even with James Harden wanting Westbrook on the team, you don't think they'll care? Because you know, if they do a certain route and make Harden upset, you might as well ship Harden out too. That is true. They'll have to tread carefully with that. Um, and, you know, I have been hearing, you know, I don't know if it's an excuse or not, but, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, he was saying he had corona, so he was a little rusty, and then he, he had, had a quad injury. And that quad injury, yeah. Right, that's not right. 100% so, Westbrook. He was so, playing right. well before the stoppage. Right, so that might buy him another year there. Um, so, but at most it's a year. But if they if they are seeing things like most people think, like you, you know, you saw LeBron uh, and Westbrook had that little exchange when Westbrook was like, "Y'all better double team me," and LeBron laughed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Westbrook, yeah. Westbrook, he has to get his shot better uh, <laughs> over this off season, or it, it's all bets are off. I love the man's confidence, but bruh, it's yeah. it's not. No, no one is thinking about double teaming you right now. <laughs> if you look on Twitter, all they show are screenshots of how wide open you are because yeah. nobody cares that you have the ball. Like you, you said it. Like it's not. Ain't nobody worried about you. You know what I mean? And that's a problem for someone that is. He's good, you know. Right. Right. But his shot's not there, and and I feel bad as his athleticism declines either due injury or age or both. You know, he's going to rely on other parts of his game that he has kind of neglected or or not had to rely on as much just due to his sheer athleticism. And I do feel his overall game will suffer because of that. But I'm hoping not. I'm a Westbrook fan, and I really wasn't. But I, that guy with that drive and that dedication and, and that, I guess, arrogance to a certain degree, but confidence in his own abilities is something that inspired me. And even though I watch him play, and it's like, you know, dude, you are summoning your team with these shots. You know that he's giving his all. And that passion shines through. And that's oh, yeah. something that I can't say I saw with James Harden in the second round. Totally agree. And I, and you just made me think of something. Uh, with Westbrook, he needs to develop a shot. That mm-hmm. makes me think a great coach for Houston to hire would be Jason Kidd. Because he, he started off early in his career. He could not shoot to save, save his life. So And I also think Harden and Westbrook would respect Jason Kidd. And he might could, you know, help Russ, Russell Westbrook's jump shot out. So I think that would be a good Yo, that's right a now. good one. I like that one. <laughs> no, for real. Because not only are you right about that, but he's someone that he was giving them the business back when they were both young ones. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. back when they were both young and playing, he was giving them giving them the business. They would understand that. They respect as a player who knows what he's doing, who's been on good coaching staffs or good, good teams over the years, working with the Giannis, working with the LeBron, you know. Yeah. I like that. You know what? I'm, I'm, that's my biggest one now. We're going to have to share that later. That's, that's, the, that's the hot take. Jason Kidd to the Rockets. Let's do it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. One last thing, Will, before we go. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to this week? 
that's b-ball related what, what's been kind of going down aside from the playoffs because that's kind of an easy answer right there have you seen anything on twitter or anything that you've been into or you know deep diving on a pod or anything like that well obviously you know we always listen to uh fantasy nba today with dan besbris you know our great and fearless leader you know over here at hoopball <laughs> but you know one main thing i saw on twitter um I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, but, you know, a lot of reputable sports pages have been saying Giannis unfollowed his teammates on Twitter, you know, social media. What is the deal with that, Corbin? Like, I was thinking, okay, he's going to stay. No big deal. Everybody's making a big deal. He's going to be traded. Like, shut up. And he does this. Now that brings all the questions back out to me. I think he's a little corny. I think... (laughs) I think this is Giannis clumsily attempting to lock in. You know what I mean? Because, and also, like, I guess this time I saw on phase, like, was he ever, was he following them in the first place? True. They need to confirm that. I need, I need to know more because, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> it is. I mean, if I saw more from his camp, I'd be concerned. You know what I mean? But it's not like, like, Giannis' situation isn't like a LeBron, um, it isn't like a LeBron type of situation when LeBron was in Cleveland. Like, LeBron gave his all, and the Bucks did not surround them with LeBron, with players that would really help him, you know? Right. But, like, in this situation, do you fault? In this situation, I just feel like, <laughs> like, Giannis has a share of the blame in this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't just yeah. Like, Giannis is the share of the blame in this. Like, this isn't, oh, the team is ill-equipped to kind of help me out. Like, yeah, they made they swung and missed badly on the Malcolm Brogdon move. They were trying to be cheap in certain respects. They did a bad job. You know, but at the same time, the limitations Giannis presents to the player make it uh, equal parts easy and very difficult to build around him to come the playoff time. And also, through those three games, you know, the, the role players didn't step up. But Giannis wasn't amazing. You know, he put up good-looking stats, but, like, it wasn't like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that reminds me of Durant, you know, when they were playing against uh, the Warriors and he decided to leave, you know, he play- had a bad series that series. So it's like, why are you – I mean, partially that was your fault too, but, you know, he didn't care. He wanted out. He left. I don't know. You know what you make? You make a good point as much as I hate to admit it. <laughs> Give that to you. No, you know what? Yeah, I think there's a lot mo- – there's some smoke there. I will say that. Yeah, and that's something to think about for sure because um, I don't know, I really don't know when it comes to, you know, whether or not he's leaving. I don't think that he is. I just don't know where he would go. Dallas has been picking up some steam, but aside from that, I don't know where he thinks would be would be would be good for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think him and Harden together would would be great, but I don't know how that would happen. But yeah, oh, him and Harden would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you have. Westbrook would have to be part of it. No, he it, something like that would have to happen. You're right. It'd be a little a funky fit, but it would be interesting. No, it wouldn't be funky. It'd be interesting. It'd be funky if Westbrook was in it. It'd be interesting if not. Even though both those guys kind of man the ball, and I don't know. It'd be it'd be it'd be something. But if I'm if I'm grading the the Harden, I mean not the Harden. If I'm grading the Giannis unfollowing or following or ignoring or you know fan requesting, I don't know. If I'm <laughs> grading that as something, nothing or everything. I'm going to put it as nothing for now just because I feel like Giannis is that kind of weird dude. Like, this is him trying to go zero dark 30. You know what I mean? No distractions, drinking a smoothies. I just don't see it as 
I don't know. I think if we get any word or anything like that, then I'll be worried. But right now, I'm like, whatever, you know? Yeah. I, well, before that, I was thinking it's 0% chance he's leaving. Now my antenna's raised. I'm thinking maybe 10 to 15% chance he could leave. So we'll we'll see what comes out in the upcoming weeks. There's a thought. That's a thought. That's a thought. I will give you that. Um, <laughs> Aside from that, I haven't really been reading. Like you said, listen to Hoopball presentation. As always, box score breakdown is one I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, – big on um as far as uh, basketball is concerned i've been reading a lot of peachtree hoops um it's a lot about the atlanta hawks that was interesting i've read some interesting suns pieces just kind of here and there um definitely reading the athletic they have a lot of content off season wise that i'm very interested in uh just seeing where teams might go and what might happen on that end you know so that that'll that'll be interesting that's kind of what i've been really into nothing specifically good but something in general where, you know, the, as the season is ending, the offseason is looming and you get some good stuff out there regarding people picking up or dropping their um, their player options, team options, what the Rockets would do, different ideas with guys like Holland, Danny LaRue and others um, that can get people like us thinking about other options that they might have that we didn't even consider. You know, things of that sort. So that's kind of where I've been. But aside from that, not a whole lot. Looking forward to uh, finding some good stuff uh, next week, though, and, and meeting back up on that. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. I mean, you know, it's one more, you know, elephant in the room we can address or we could just let let it slide. What do you think? Uh, look, look, you know what? We got the time. <laughs> Let's talk about the elephant. We got to. We got to. Okay. Yeah. I just got one name for you. Daniel House. Go. Oh, um, <laughs> you, mean, you, mean, you mean Daniel Apartment. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel apartment, dude. That, that was crazy. crazy. The fact that that happened was bad. The fact that it was, the fact that it was insinuated was bad. Then he right. denied it, and I went, okay, he must be innocent because ain't nobody gonna deny something that they could easily find out, you know, unless he's innocent. Then they find out that no, he in fact did that with a wife and kids, and this all gets played out there. Forget the distraction to your family. Think about you as a man. Think about you and, and, and the team. You know, and then why have that all happen? Like, yeah, I, I'm. You right? That's the elephant in the room. I, I think Houston was already <laughs> gonna be out easy. You know, whether or not house played or not, I think this series would have ended the same way. But to have that happen was just unfortunate on so many levels. And also, I, I just want to know how that situation kind of evolved. Like, like did did, did an NBA player call the hotline? Did, like, how did how did that happen? Yeah. That's I, a good I'm point. Just, That's a good I'm point. I'm mad curious. I'm mad curious. What do you I mean, think? Of- I mean, I, maybe he just didn't listen to the rules, you know, because he didn't bring someone from outside in, so he thought it was okay. I don't know, but I mean, that was crazy. And and the way the NBA acted so swift on it, I would have thought it would have took a while to, you know, review, have a little case or hearing or something. They were just like, "No, you're out of here. Go home." I was like, "Wow." Well, like, okay, so do you think you definitely think that he was uh, just talking to that person? <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> okay, because see, I'm of the opinion that yeah, I'm of the opinion that you you said that like oh it was gonna be uh you know oh um he just didn't understand the rules. Here's my thing: we don't gotta <laughs> talk about the basic rules of I'm in a relationship, whatever the case may be. I'm looking for this, whatever the case may be. If it was just about having asking for some advice or someone to talk to, fine. If it was what it seems like it was, dude, you don't need a warning for that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. You know, you can't bring anybody from off campus and campus. So this person already worked in the bubble. So you might would think you can bring that person to your room. Well, it's the, 
for uh, yeah, I, I guess so. But if they're working as a as a as a what's it called? <laughs> if they're working as a um like a a, a, a tester a, or something, a tester, a grader, a, a temperature maker, whatever the case may be, just stay away from that in general. But also, let's not forget the part where you're married. Now that's not an issue in the business side of it. You know, on the ethical side, personal side, you got to deal with that how you will. I just don't think it's cool because your wife and kids know all about it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I think it's, it's, it's no such thing as handling that in-house now, you know? I <laughs> get it, in-house. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's what I don't like. There's no, there's no way that that is being, you know, his whole family life is out in the open. That's devastating from that aspect. Now, in general, yeah, I get you. You know, as the rules are, it doesn't look great regardless, but maybe he wasn't aware. But that's just a dumb choice to be making. I mean, common sense on that end, say no. I mean, they let your family come in. Like, when this right. happened, your family could come in. So if you're really needing that, you you know, you know, bring your family in. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, you know that I mean? was just... So that's why I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I feel he was playing a little dumb. You know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, and that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. He had to touch the stove for himself to see if it was hot, and he found out. <laughs> Can you hear me? I hear you now. Okay. You know, it's funny, though. My mic is acting weird. My bad, guys. Guys, gals, Will, thank y'all. <laughs> wow. Also, speaking of that, that was a quick 40 minutes there, but uh, what a show, man. What a show. Ran through some stuff. Got some info. I appreciate the Daniel House hot take because if you hadn't brought up, I would never have addressed it. And then I wouldn't have thought about it after this week. Like, at least this week it was relevant. Right, right, right. Had to throw that in. Exactly. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But all right, man, until then, until next time, Will, I wish you well. You take care. You know I'll be keeping in contact with you as always. 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 Yes, sir. And this is the Hoop Ball presentation. Again, check out them fine folks, hoop-ball.com. On Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. Follow me at Corbin NBA on Twitter. William is Bill on Twitter. And for Will Harris, I'm Corbin Ford. Stay frosty, y'all. We'll talk real soon. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.